I'm Mal, lover of character development and longtime fan of Percy Jackson. And I'm Julie. Hey, hey, currently thanks at for listening. If you want more of our unhinged of my Percy Jackson deflowering, formerly known as Twitter and now TikTok at @demigoddebutpod. And this is Demigoddebut. Other fun things while Julie avoids social media because first time reading. You can also email us at demigoddebut at gmail.com. Catch you later. Sixteen and seventeen. This was like a lot of action. You hate action, so it's kind of. Was it really a lot of action? I don't like it. Chapter maybe 17, not. maybe, but I love chapter 17. Like, I love both of these. Um, You love the whole book. I don't hate action either. I just don't care to understand it. I just kind of read for the vibes. And then I do, since, since I have on my Lightning Thief musical shirt, I do want to bring up your prediction from last time when you were talking about um, the motorcycle with the sidecar. And yeah. I just, it's important to me that you know that they do, in fact, do that in the musical. Do they? Yes. Oh my god, yes. Vindication. I, I love the musical. I think it is one of the best book-to-media adaptations of all time, and I will die on that hill. And I think I think I've said that before, and I followed up the "Will Die on That Hill" just like redacted. Um, but I will unredact that and say, "I will die on that hill like Thalia." Thank you. <laughs> that was one of the spoilers. It was, and it's not one anymore. <laughs> crazy, you like no no things now. We're almost done. I know. Isn't that crazy? I know. Who would have thought we would have got here? Not me. I did half expect you to quit, but I feel like I'm too intense about things. Do you know how badly I would feel if I quit mid-book? Yeah. Like, I like I couldn't handle disappointing you like that, honestly. Well, thank you for that. Okay, so chapter 16 was We Take a Zebra to Vegas. One of my favorite chapters of this book, honestly. So we left off. They had just gotten the shield, and Percy was like, oh, we have to go talk to Ares. Uh, so they meet back up with him, and he tells them that they looked good on TV, and Percy says that he's a jerk. And Ares really has no reaction to being called a jerk, um, but Grover and Annabeth are both kind of like, oh shit. Ares points to a truck that says, Kindness International, Humane Zoo Transport, Warning, Live Wild Animals, and tells them that that's their ride west. It'll go straight to LA with a stop in Vegas. Ares also gives them a backpack of fresh clothes, 20 bucks, a pouch of drachmas, and a bag of Oreos. And again, with the giving them a stupidly low amount of money. Like, what are they supposed to get with $20? That's not even going to get them, like, a meal. No, unless they go to, like, a a gas station and buy like chips like that's nothing and they're children these are children these are chi- like they're half-bloods well, except for grover he's like a goat thing but children i know and these gods are child endangerment honestly truly and maybe i don't know maybe you can just say that like the gods don't understand mortal money but it like feels like maybe they should like if you're making these children do favors for you Pay them for their time. Also, aren't they supposed to be, like, all-powerful and smart? Like, come on. It's basic, like, economics 101. Hello. Pay your workers. Minimum wage is not enough to live on. Great. $20 is not enough. Anyway. uh, One thing about us, we're always going to bring politics into this podcast. (laughs) Oh, every time. Can't believe I'm the one that did it this time. I know. I'm so proud. (laughs) 
But I don't know, maybe a crazy take, but I don't think it should be political to say that, hey, someone with a job maybe should be able to pay to eat and should be able to pay rent. Preach. And, you know, maybe if you're 12 and doing a favor for the gods, you should get more than $20. Yeah. Okay. So it it also doesn't say how many drachmas they got. So maybe they got like a bunch of drachmas and that was the payment. And he was just like, I don't know, $20. I don't, I don't know. I'm yeah. I'm still on the $20. So Percy starts to tell Ares he doesn't want it, but Grover's like, thank you. And Percy recognizes, like, kind of in himself that Ares' presence is making him really angry, but he still wants to punch him. And he says he doesn't want anything that Ares has touched. Percy notices someone at the diner take a picture of him and thinks about how he'll probably be in the papers tomorrow with a headline like, 12-year-old outlaw beats up defenseless biker. Percy asks for the information about his mom that he was promised, and Ares tells him she isn't dead. She's being kept as a hostage to try to control Percy. Percy then insists nobody's controlling him, and tells Ares he's pretty smug for a guy who runs from Cupid statues. Oh! I know. I know. I loved that. I love when he gets, like, snarky. I think it's hilarious. Yes, love. Big, big fan of snarky Percy. Ares tells him that they'll meet again and to watch his back next time he's in a fight. And Annabeth tells him that that really wasn't smart because he doesn't want a god as his enemy, and especially not that god. But Percy, when it comes to Ares, is like one of those really small dogs who thinks that they can take on a much bigger dog. Like he is the Chihuahua, and Ares is the big old like Rottweiler. Ares is kind of a piece of shit, though. Like he's so annoying. Oh, like, for sure. I, I'm rooting for, for Percy. Sure. Like, I would back up Percy. All my homies hate Aries. Yeah. It's kind of giving... Have you seen that one Tumblr post that's like, um, oh, God thinks he's so funny toying with me uh, Well, I'm about to be hilarious? Have you seen that? No. What is that one? Okay, I'm gonna have to find it. It's just, yeah. I don't know, it's just some, some oh. Tumblr post. But a big Percy Jackson energy. Like, mm. this God thinks he can toy with me? Mm -hmm. I'm I'm about to be an even bigger asshole. And I love that for him. Uh, do, 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 do. oh, zoo truck, zoo truck time. Yes. Great. So they get into the zoo truck and it sucks. It smells, the animals aren't being taken care of. There's this albino lion, a weird antelope thing, and the chapter's titular zebra. And the lion has turnips, the antelope and the zebra have hamburger meat, and the zebra has gum in its mane, and the antelope has a balloon on one of its horns. And one of my AirPods just died. <laughs> so... That's, that's good um it's okay we'll keep the other one and we'll, we'll keep rolling i just want to go boop. isn't it weird how one of them just die it's like why are why are you dying these these airpods are messed up because i ran in the rain with them on one too many times uh -huh. and so they like only actually charge half the time and then they like die really quickly and oh that sucks big bummer what is happening what am i doing oh zoo truck animals bad conditions etc and grover's really pissed off and percy says he thinks grover probably would have gone back out to beat up the truckers with his reed pipes but then the truck starts moving so they like switch up the food and give the animals a little bit of water and like try to take care of them a little bit but you know not not a good situation for anyone involved grover curls up to go to sleep annabeth starts digging into the Oreos, and Percy starts thinking about how they have plenty of time to complete their quest since it's only the 14th, and Percy has a bad feeling that their quest is being watched, like he's a source of amusement for the gods. Annabeth apologizes to him for freaking out about the spiders, which she does not have to do, like... No apology! Yeah, spiders are fucking creepy. Yes, like, she's, she's the one who is correct here. Yeah. 
Um, and then Percy guesses that it's because of the Arachne myth, where Athena turned her into a spider after a weaving contest. And the book, the book really tells you like all you need to know about this myth at this point. Um, but I'm going to talk about it some more because of who I am as a person. So I also, I also just think it's an interesting myth, as I think all of them are interesting. But uh, Arachne was this like hugely skilled weaver who went around bragging that she was better than Athena, and so Athena disguised herself and went and like warned her not to compare herself to the gods. And Arachne was like, "Well, if Athena cared so much, she would come and stop me." So Athena's like, "Surprise! Here I am!" And they have this contest, and Athena makes this tapestry that depicts times that like mortals have been punished for their hubris by the gods and arachne makes one that like depicts times that the gods mistreated mortals particularly the male gods like disguising themselves to seduce women Mm. yeah and then so either because arachne's work insulted the gods or because athena saw that it was better than her own or probably both it like depends on the telling of the myth but athena destroys her tapestry or like arachne's tapestry and attacks her arachne is embarrassed and hangs herself and athena feels bad for what happened and so she changes the rope into like a spider web and arachne into a spider so that she can continue like weaving like you've got this myth you've got like medusa in conclusion athena is not a girl's girl she's not a girl's girl oh my god you're so right. That's devastating. I know. Absolutely devastating. Truly. Ugh. The, I don't know. The, the myth just does not reflect well on Athena. Um, right. The gods don't give a shit. Exactly. And, you know, you also have, like, a case of history being written by the victors here. Because, you know, Athena is absolutely going around being like, oh, I won this weaving contest because I was better. When, like, is that actually true? We don't know. And... Yeah, I've got a lot of a lot of thoughts on this myth um, that aren't actually relevant for a while, but it does really suck that the, like God's choices also reflect negatively on like their kids mm-hmm. because it's not Annabeth's fault that her mother created the spider and that the spiders need to take their revenge. Speaking of revenge, Annabeth says that Arachne's children have been. Uh, taking revenge on the children of Athena and if there's a spider within a mile of her it'll find her and this also makes me think um, have you seen on Twitter that one like Sol de Janeiro lotion or whatever that attracts spiders yes oh my god yes it has like spider pheromones in it or something yes that's that's what this is and that's all I could think about first of all first of all hot take i don't love the smell of the original sol de janeiro like bum bum cream i don't love it like the yellow one i don't love i don't either and i smell it often because they are always spraying that or like having it in my classroom and i'm like stop oh my god it's the now now it's like the gen alpha girl version of axe (laughs) oh no that's what it is because it's not that good but it's like a like very juvenile scent to me and it's that girl's version of Axe now. Yeah, I, I don't even know what the, like, spider one smells like because I've never... Oh, no, I'm not touching that no. shit. I don't I don't want that anywhere. I'm like, I told my coworker because she loves trendy stuff like that. I was like, do not bring that into this office. If I see a wolf spider, I am burning down this historic building. I will burn it to the ground. Oh, you also work in a historic building? We're trying to get registered on the National Historic Landmark 
thing for oh, cool. for our 100 because our 100th centennial is coming up in two years I think. wow yeah. fantastic yeah what is is it the purple one that attracts spiders yes it's the purple one i don't like any of them really i don't think they smell good almost like candy they kind of it's like the um ariana grande perfumes all of her perfumes smell very like teenage girl like this smells like bubble gum and so i'm like whenever i see a tiktok of like a 24 year old wearing it i'm like what are you doing buy actual perfume get a real perfume be like us and go to a place and make your own yes or this is not an ad use dossier because they make dupes of high-end perfume and that's how i have so many perfumes because i'm not spending 178 dollars on prada actually i did spend 150 dollars on prada perfume but that's the only exception (laughs) is that that prada perfume is something else she's built different but yeah if if it smells good then do it but candy come on grow up like leave that for the middle schoolers um anyway the children of athena and that soul de janeiro lotion are the same in conclusion um, so annabeth asks percy about the iris message that he had with luke and percy tells her that luke said that he and Annabeth have history and that Grover wouldn't fail this time. And Grover says he should have said something sooner, but he was worried that Percy wouldn't have wanted him to come if he knew that he had failed. And we get our official confirmation that Grover was the satyr who failed to get Thalia, daughter of Zeus, to camp safely. Hello, we knew that. I felt like we knew yeah, that. Yeah, we, we knew that. You knew that, like, weeks yeah. ago. And Percy also works out that the two half-bloods that Thalia had been traveling with were Annabeth and Luke. And I'm realizing I wrote in this Google Doc that the two half-bloods Thalia was traveling with were Thalia and Luke. It's all right. My brain is not on, ever, actually. Annabeth says that Athena guided her towards help, 14-year-old Luke and 12-year-old Thalia, and she traveled with them for about two weeks before Grover found them. And Grover says he had strict orders not to do anything to slow down the mission, but he couldn't leave Annabeth and Luke behind. And so he says that he made some mistakes, and it was his fault that the Furies caught up with them and that Thalia died. Annabeth said she doesn't blame him, and Thalia didn't either, but Grover says the council says that it was all his fault. Grover, it's not your fault, baby. I'm sorry I doubted you and said that you were going to be the one to betray Percy. I love you, Grover. (laughs) But, because, like, okay, you also have to remember that if Grover is 28 years old and satyrs age half as fast as humans, that would mean that when this happened five years ago... Grover was 23. A baby! And so, divide that by two, he was like 11 and a half. A baby. Like, who decided they were going to send an 11-year-old after this kid that you think is the daughter of Zeus? Like, no, no. surely, there are older satyrs. Like, Percy even says when he gets to camp, like, there are a bunch of satyrs there who are bigger than Grover. Like, why Why did you send Grover, other than for the plot? <laughs> it's It's unbelievable, honestly. Like, he's just a baby. Like... 11 and 11 year olds like 11 year old boys are not responsible enough to like dethaw the chicken when their mom is at work like you think they can be responsible for another child's life so true so true also like even if he was actually 23 i wouldn't trust him like a 23 year old man hello that's again like a 15 year old boy yeah i'm like I don't, I don't even think I would trust myself, and I'm, you know, an adult woman. Yeah. Like, I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for this responsibility. Ugh. Yeah, so that's 
the the incompetence in like sending Grover after them truly truly baffling. But Grover calls himself the lamest satyr ever, and Annabeth says he has more courage than any satyr she's ever met. And she like and she says she bets Percy agrees, and then she kicks Percy in the shin to get him to back her up. Like I know Percy can be an idiot, but does she really think he's that much of an idiot? Like he wouldn't pick up on the clue that she's trying maybe because i feel like annabeth is bad at reading social cues oh she absolutely is so like maybe she was like she's like oh percy's also bad at but percy's i feel like very emotionally intelligent for his age he is yeah some of that because i they don't ever really give us an answer like canonically as to when he is supposedly like telling us this story like when he's writing this down or like articulating it to someone or whatever like they don't ever say like when but so yeah it's like is he telling us this is a 12 year old because if he's telling us this is a 12 year old he's like a very emotionally intelligent 12 year old or he's like looking back on this as like someone who is older and so he feels more emotionally intelligent i don't i don't know i'm not trying to like right not yeah. say i don't believe that he's emotionally intelligent but again like he is a 12 year old boy yeah we're not gonna give him too much credit here right yeah, so Percy is like, I would have, you know, I would have said, like, yeah, I want Grover here even if she hadn't kicked me. And Percy tells Grover he's a natural searcher and he'll definitely be the one to find Pan. And Grover immediately goes to sleep. And uh, I have so many thoughts about this little on the road found family that I'm not going to talk about right now. Um, but any thoughts from you on the Annabeth, Luke, Thalia, Grover of it all? I don't know. I'm so suspicious of Luke. I really am. I'm like, I can't get over it. And also, I don't know. He just, he's really rubbing me the wrong way. But also, I love Grover and Annabeth. I think they are adorable. I want them, just, I just want them to be happy. They are the trio of all time. Like, mm-hmm. I love them. Um, yeah, but I think Thalia, like, as a concept is so cool because she's very much, like, this kind of ghostly presence. Like, Percy doesn't know her. Like, we as the reader don't know her. But she, like, mm-hmm. has this history with these characters that we're getting to know and, like, starting to love. And so then you're also, like, starting to get to know this, like, ghost of Thalia in a way that's, oh, so cool. And Yeah, like, she's very mysterious, but she's played such a formative role in the other, in the lives of the other two. So it's kind of weird how, like, you don't know really anything about her all that much and but like her life and her death i guess i mean she's not really dead but she's a tree so she's kind of dead yeah has like fundamentally changed like grover and annabeth and probably luke that little skank (laughs) (laughs) and also like the way that you know what happened with her kind of changes things for Percy because like yeah. if if not for what had happened with Thalia I don't know that Grover would have freaked out so much when they saw the like fates cut the string on the bus and which is eventually what like mm-hmm. made him made Percy like run away from Grover which is kind of what allowed the Minotaur like time to catch up with them because he like ran away from Grover and so it's like you know it 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 snowballs and I also I said I wasn't going to get into it but like 
I'm gonna get into it a little bit, but the way that like their the like Thalia's failed arrival to camp kind of parallels Percy's arrival to camp is so interesting to me. But we can we can unpack that more later. Um yeah, she's just ah, uh, it's it's fun writing when you've got this character who's like not even in it, who is like dead long before our hero even showed up, but has like such a impact on the story. Ah. Uh, chef's kiss um anyway Mm -hmm. prequel book prequel book when prequel book when there is actually a prequel short story that's very good that i like a lot Uh, i i would like more like i would oh i honestly like anything that rick riordan writes i will read uh i have read just about all of it anyway so percy asks annabeth about her camp necklace and she explains the beads and Percy asks if the ring on it is her father's, and she starts to say it's none of his business, but then she says, yeah, it is. And that's growth. Look at her opening up to him. Like, that's my baby, and I'm proud. <laughs> She's making friends. <laughs> that aren't adults. <laughs> friends that aren't adults and whatever she's got going on with Luke, because... Yeah, that we- I don't like it. Yeah. Um. She says her dad sent it to her. And it was his main keepsake from Athena because she got him through his doctoral program at Harvard. And a couple episodes ago, I was like, where did the ring come from? And I'm mad at myself for forgetting this detail because I'm like, oh, yeah. When I read this, I was like, oh, yeah, I know. Like, I knew that. I knew the ring was from Harvard. Um, But in my defense, I do try not to think about Annabeth's father more than I have to. And so that is why I did not think of that detail. Um, But Annabeth said... You know, she she got this letter from her dad and he said he missed her and asked her to come home and live with him. And so she did, but nothing had changed. Monsters attacked. They argued and she was back at camp by winter break. Percy said she shouldn't give up. And Annabeth says, thanks for the advice, but my father has made his choice about who he wants to live with. And again, Percy is coming at this from the lens of like, my mom is the best person in the world who I like miss and who I'm on this quest to like try to get back. It's so true. My mom is the best part person in the world. It's like, when you love your mom, she's the best part. I am a fierce defender of moms with this episode and last episode. Moms are perfect. Yes. If, if, you, have, if you have a good mom. You have a good mom. If your mom is Sally Jackson or your mom is... My mom. I just love my mom. She went and got gas for me because I'm broke. <laughs> it was very nice. Love. Love moms. I also love my mom. Yeah. Okay. So, Percy... And you, coming at this from the lens of, like, my mom is the best person in the world. He, mm-hmm. He's not really giving, like, objective advice and, like, giving the best advice for her, I feel like. But this is also me coming at it as someone who, like, is a Frederick Chase hater. So I also probably am being a bit <laughs> too harsh. But anyone who hurts Annabeth has to go through me. And I will not stand for it. He went to Harvard. That's a red flag. It's all a red flag. I don't know, the way that she talks about it, you know, you can tell that she's really just pretending that she doesn't care. Like, it actually really does hurt her. And, which which is so hard. Like, get get this girl a therapist. Get them all in therapy. Like, the fact that camp does not have a therapist is yet... Yeah, what the hell? Yet another way that they are dropping the ball. Like, we... Like, I, I understand that in order to create, like, a like a, a middle grades book series in which the kids are expected to save the world, the adults in the situation have to have some level of 
just like general incompetence otherwise like your best option Mm -hmm. for saving the world is not a trio of 12 year olds and so right it's just it's just frustrating as an adult to read this and you're like oh my god oh my god like why why are they not taking care of these children what Mm -hmm. child endangerment child negligence that's not child neglect there we go it's all of the things i'm calling cps but they won't do anything anyway but in theory i'd be calling cps oh yeah in theory in theory we are calling cps and they are rescuing these children in theory i'm adopting i'm adopting all of the demigods not luke he's 19 he's an adult he's too old to be adopted anyway uh so (laughs) percy asks if if the gods end up fighting will it end up being athena versus poseidon And Annabeth says she doesn't know what her mom will do, but she'll fight next to him because, quote, you're my friend, seaweed brain. Any more stupid questions? Besties confirmed. Besties confirmed. Now, I will say, I do remember this from my first time reading this. When she called him her friend, I was so scared. I was so scared. I was like, she called him. She called him a friend. You'll be betrayed by one who calls you a friend. I was like, it's someone who literally calls him Mm -hmm. a friend. Too literal. Yeah, because I, I take the I take things very literally. Um, and who knows? She still might. No, it's Luke. I'm I know this. I'm convinced. Then they both and I got my hair is falling out of my my little claw clip. This is my my white girl hairdo. We love a claw clip. Claw clips will not be disparaged on this podcast. I have four. I have three of them sitting right over here. No, I have four. I have. Oh, look, I, I love a claw clip. I'm in a claw clip like daily. I have a heart shaped clip. Did you see this? It's a heart. <gasps> oh my God, so cute. Mine, I just always have on this black one, mostly, but I do have other colors. Um, This one is a butterfly. I do like this one. Oh my God, that's so pretty. This is just turning into us showing each other our claw clips, which is like not, this is not good content for an audio medium. Like, I don't know. The The podcast was okay i guess until in episode six they spent like five minutes just talking about claw clip and you know what we were justified in doing so i mean it's important okay continue okay um so all the children go to sleep that's that's where we're at and percy has a nightmare where he's taking a test in the straight jacket and the teacher keeps telling him to pick up the pencil and is like you're not stupid are you like pick up the pencil just start and that's so mean I know this not stupid are you this this dream like does this trigger you as a teacher no, no well this this is like one of my favorite dreams I think in the series I think it's just it, it's a good dream but I also like as an adult I have stress dreams sometimes about the standardized testing and like waking up and realizing like oh I forgot my homework or like oh I have this math test that I didn't study for and like Mm -hmm. it's it's real to have school anxiety dreams and like now as a teacher I have so many kids who just have such high levels of anxiety surrounded like testing and the emphasis on standardized testing in our education system is so whack and needs to stop and this, this is one of the places that you can kind of see, like, Rick Riordan used to be a teacher and was also not a fan of standardized testing. I just, like, some something about the way that schools are teaching reading does not seem to be hitting. And, like, maybe it's just, mm-hmm. and, like, I, I'm not blaming, like, teachers. This is more like a education system 
thing as a whole but curriculum yeah like thing I get so many kids in middle school who like cannot read like they are not reading at the level that they should be and it makes it really hard when you get into like mm-hmm. more content specific classes in like middle and high school like when you're taking biology or when you're taking like U.S. history and like all these things that involve a lot of reading like if you can't read the material like you can't really learn in the class and so it's like I don't know and is it is it all a a scheme to like make us less educated um so that we're easier to control I don't know maybe but oh my gosh that is an insane (laughs) conspiracy theory I've never heard that before. Oh, that's like something I would say though. Oh my gosh. That's insane. I've never heard that conspiracy theory before. Well, that's because this is the thing that I have political takes on versus like the things that you usually do. Um, but I don't know. I'm still relatively early in my teaching career. Like I've only been doing this like four and a half years, but it's just something that I feel passionately about and like the way that our education system kind of perpetuates the systems of inequality that already exist um, when really education can be such a tool of like freedom and empowerment for people and it just like isn't in this country Uh, some of which is because of the standardized testing and some of it is because of just like the disparities between schools in different communities and I could talk about this forever and I will not because that's not what this podcast is about but um yeah lots 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 of education hot takes for me yeah so Percy was having a dream yes while he's in his little straight jacket um he looks over and he sees someone else and it's this punk looking girl also in a straight jacket and who he just knows is Thalia and she says well seaweed brain one of us has to get out of here And Percy thinks, yeah, I'm going to go and I'm going to give Hades a piece of my mind. He finds himself at the pit again. And this time he's overhearing a conversation between the voice he's been hearing and someone else. And Percy says that the other voice sounds familiar, but he can't see who it is. And they talk about an exchange and Percy not suspecting anything. The familiar voice calls the one in the pit the crooked one and asks if it was necessary because they could have brought what was stolen directly. And the pit voice says they will use Percy against Poseidon and you will have the revenge and the reward you wish as soon as both items are delivered. And then pit voice realizes Percy is there and sends him to another scene where he sees his mother. And when he tries to step towards her skeletons, drape him in a robe with poisoned laurels. And the voice says, hail the conquering hero. Such a good dream, a great dream, even. You know, I also kind of know what's going on here. So thoughts from you? Any idea who the voices are? What's what's the vibe? It's Luke. Could it be? Maybe. It's Luke. I've decided. Talking to Hades, my band, my mob boss, my beloved. I love him. Is that the end of the chapter or we still got? This was a kind of a long, there was a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. There was a lot of because you have the you have the truck, but then you also have the hotel, and we're we're about to get to the hotel. We're about to get to the hotel. So, um, the guys driving the truck come to check in on the animals, and they learn that the zebra is going to be dropped off here in Vegas to be in a magic show, and the zebra looks right at Percy and does like a mind telepathy thing and speaks to him, and Percy's first thought is that um he can understand the zebra but not the other animals, and that this might be another learning disability. 
Um, then he remembers the myth of Poseidon creating horses and thinks that maybe it's because the zebra is like close enough to a horse so he can communicate with it. And it's time for another myth moment with Mal. Um, myth moment with Mal. I love it. It's good. Myth, mo- myth moments with Mal. So when Poseidon was creating the horse, he was doing so to impress Demeter, who is in fact his sister, but you know, lots of, Ew. lots of, lots of, in- lots of incest, lots of incest. I'm calling the police. <laughs> yeah, so he was trying to impress Demeter. So he was, like, trying to create an animal to impress her, which, like, ultimately ended up being the horse. But in his quest to make the horse, he is also kind of said to have made other animals that are kind of similar to the horse, like the camel, the giraffe, um, the hippopotamus, and then the zebra. I'm sorry, a hippopotamus is not like a horse. It's not. Um, and I only... It's very much different. I, yeah, when I was, like, looking at um, the other animals, because, like, I, I I knew this myth, but I couldn't remember, like, what all the animals were. I just knew that the zebra was one of them. Yeah. Um, and so I only found reference to, like, the hippopotamus once, but I thought it was funny, and so I left it in. And now I'm kind of wondering if it's actually meant to reference a certain other mythological creature that they meet in book two, um, and... It was just, like, misquoted, and I'm out here spreading misinformation on this podcast. Um, But either way, him creating the hippo is a funny image. Yeah, but the zebra. So, really, theoretically, Percy should be able to talk to more animals than just the zebra. But, you know, none of those things are there. Also, though, I guess I can understand why the horse was considered the one that was, like, most impressive because of, like, the role that horses would have had in, like transportation and like labor and stuff in farming whatever but i just think a zebra is infinitely cooler than a horse like if someone was trying to woo me and they were like oh i made you this horse i would be like hey that's cool but if they were like hey i made you this zebra what if it was like a stallion like a white stallion or something they're so pretty i still think a zebra is cooler honestly i would go for a hippo as well Mm -hmm. or a giraffe like i think any of these animals hippos are like very dangerous i know like they'll kill you i know no Get me, I don't want the hippo, I'll take the giraffe, but like a white stallion or something, I would, I'd be very impressed. Not enough to have sex with my brother, but impressed nonetheless. Well, and also, by the time he, like, made the horse, he had, like, lost interest in her, um, so. Relatable. Okay, that's relatable. Yeah. So he does not end up with his sister. Um, but, yeah, that's the thing. You have to kind of ignore some of the family ties in these books a little bit mm, to yeah yeah get past it um because you know the gods are the gods anyway um so the kids release the animals right onto the vegas strip and grover gives them a satyr's sanctuary blessing which will help them get to the wild safely and percy asks why he didn't do something like that for them and grover says oh it's only for wild animals and annabeth says oh so it would only work on percy burn and love it she cannot let him know peace even though she will admit that they are friends sometimes you gotta roast your friends oh yeah honestly like i think you really know that you are my friend when i start roasting you with like yeah. fun lighthearted roasts like that we're not being mean yeah yeah um so they end up in front of this casino with a lotus flower sign and the doorman invites them in and percy says one look at this guy and he could tell that he was normal so he wasn't suspicious but like come on they haven't showered in days like they look grimy and gross why would this guy just invite you in to this very fancy vegas hotel if he wasn't up to something red 
flags everywhere. Red, red flags abound. Um, and so the way that this hotel is described, when I was a child, I was ready to pack my bags and go there yesterday. <laughs> like, I was like, games, water slide, rock coming wall, laser tag, bungee jumping, like every activity. As an adult, I actually already have my bag packed to go there when we're done recording this episode because... Can we go to Vegas sometime? How fun would that be? Oh my god, let's go to Vegas. Like, just stay at a casino or something, like lounge by the pool, go like do a little like gambling or something, go see a show or whatever. Be uh, so oh my god, fun. okay, Vegas, Vegas. Yes. I don't know, the allure of a hotel like this, where like everything is taken care of, they have every activity you could dream of. I don't have to have a job. It's like a cruise ship, but... Yeah, I don't have to have a like, job, I don't have to pay taxes, like, I don't have to know anything about health insurance. I'm like a month from turning 26, and I don't know anything about health insurance, like what is a deductible? Girly, girly. It's time to grow up. I mean, I'm not even, I'm not even like on my parents' health insurance anymore. Like I got my own um, mm-hmm. through my job, but I'm like, I don't know what I got. You, what's your deductible? How much is it? I don't know. <gasps> do you have like a, do you do like the plan where you, they take out money? I think so. That's non-taxed and then you use it to pay your, like your copay and stuff? Yes. Do you realize that if you don't use that within the year, you don't get it back? No. See? See, I want to I wanna move to a magical hotel where I don't have to think about stuff like this. Just saying, I'm just saying, I don't, I didn't do that because I was like, I'm not going to use it. Okay, all right. I gotta, I gotta look into some stuff after that. We'll talk, we'll talk health insurance later if you want. <laughs> okay, thank you. Oh, God. See, like, I, I wouldn't even care that the hotel is a trap. Like, just, just let me vibe there, please. Honestly, yeah. I'd be like, if it had, like everything I wanted like I'd just be like just give me like Animal Crossing the PBS Frontline and like Sex in the City and I'm good like leave me alone see this is this is good because I was gonna ask like what are the things that they could get you with in this hotel yeah because I think for me it would be like the little activities Mm -hmm. because if it didn't tear my hands up like I would rock climb for hours um I love a water slide like one of my favorite things to do is like any chance that I have to jump off of a boat like into the ocean I will do that like over and over and over and over and over um so like if I could just do like silly little activities like that like I also love laser tag I love bowling um Mm -hmm. not all these things are even mentioned but like yeah enough is implied that I'm like they would probably have all they would also probably have like batting cages I love a batting cage um I could go ham on some softballs oh batting cage would be fun yeah that'd be fun yeah, like I'm like I'm like all these little fun activities, and if they're magical, I feel like I wouldn't really get tired. So I think I, I think think I would have a good time, and I and I wouldn't have to know anything about health. Insurance. I need like the I need like unlimited buffet. Yeah, and it's just no calories. You just eat whatever you want, and my mouth is already watering. I want like Chinese food really bad right now. Oh, yeah. Okay, so the children, they're given these casino cards. They get a suite on the top floor. There are clothes in the closet that fit Percy. Like, red red flags. Red flags abound. And they finally get to shower. Percy also throws the backpack in the trash can. And then he drinks three Cokes, which is an absurd so amount of Coke. And, and he has this, like, nagging feeling that he needs to talk to his friends about something. But he's sure that it can wait until later. And so they go and have fun. Percy does a bunch of stuff like bungee jumping and the water slide and... 
Grover enjoys this reverse hunter game where the deer get to kill hunters. And Annabeth plays a game where she gets to, like, design her own city. And, okay, you said that, like, Animal Crossing would be how they get you to stay in the casino. Do we think Annabeth would be an Animal Crossing girly? Or do we think it would be too, like... Maybe not Animal Crossing, maybe Stardew Valley. Ooh. Yeah, I think she might like that. Because I was like, design your own city. You get to design your own island at Animal Crossing. Like, she would she would be the mm-hmm. one with all the cute little pads, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like she would make, like, a school and stuff on there. Yeah, I could see it. But I think Stardew Valley, because it's a bit more, there's a bit more, like, quests and stuff. I've never actually played Stardew Valley. Animal Crossing is really the only game Animal Crossing. I haven't played in so long. Yeah. Oh, me neither. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, Percy kind of starts to realize something is wrong when he meets this guy, Darren, Darren with an I, who is dressed like, quote, an Elvis impersonator's son and says stuff like groovy. So Percy asks what year it is, and the guy says 1977. He starts asking around and gets all different answers from people like 85, 93, and everyone insists they've only been there a couple days. Percy remembers that they have to find his mom and stop Hades from starting a war, and he finds Annabeth, snaps her out of it by, like, making her look him in the eyes and being like, big hairy spiders! And together they find Grover and they drag him out of the hotel. And Percy kind of notes as he's leaving that he has the backpack from Ares again, even though he threw it away. Um, But they have bigger problems than backpack magic, because turns out they were in the casino for five days and only have one day left to finish their quest. Now, okay... Another another myth moment with Mal. Lotus Eaters, Lotus um, Eaters. Yes, yes. I was going to ask, I was like, did you have to read the Odyssey in high school? Oh God, I hated the Odyssey. So long, so long. See, I really enjoyed the Odyssey, but also because I had already read like these books. And so many of the things that happen in these books are based from like the Odyssey and the Iliad and like these famous yeah. myths. And so I was like reading these books and I was like, the Lotus Eaters was like, Percy and Annabeth did that. Um, <laughs> there were like other other things. And I was like, this is unimpressive. Like Percy, Percy did this. Like yeah. Annabeth did this. Like I've seen this before. Like, I've seen it all before. But really, like they're the ones that are copying. Um, but I mm-hmm. heard about them first. I don't know. I think this is a fun modernization of the Lotus Eaters. Yeah. Um, in making it this hotel instead of like because in in the myth it's kind of pretty clear that they're going to this island and like taking drugs that make them forget that they want to go home Mm -hmm. um and you know you can't give 12 year olds drugs in a children's book so i i just think the hotel is is a fun fun way to do this now that you know how this chapter ends did anything like clue you in to the fact that like they were gonna all of a sudden not have plenty of time to complete their quest um because i like when i was reading it back i was like wow he really says like we have plenty of time a lot of time yeah there are a few times where i mean honestly i was more focused on the casino's incredibly suspicious like okay like what are we gonna do and then i realized at the end i was like oh it's called the lotus casino mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense um but the timing thing didn't really Honestly, that kind of snuck up on me. I was just kind of like, oh, okay, wow. I, at first, I was like, that's kind of lazy writing. I felt like I was just like, oh, five days have passed. Okay, we're just skipping ahead. I was like, come on, give me something else. All right, all right. But, Interesting take. Yeah. <laughs> you, are you going to get mad that I criticize his writing style? No. Oh, abso- absolutely not. Um, I think you should be allowed to criticize things that you love. And there are there are things that I don't think is great writing. Um, But also- 
I have to say before we move on to the next chapter, there are only, only one good type of Oreo, may I add, and it's the peanut butter Oreos. No other Oreos are even like edible. You can't eat normal Oreos. Oh, I, yeah. What what do they have? Double stuff Oreos? I think? Yeah. They're just, she just like, yeah, gave like unscrewed it, gave unscrewed it, you know, took it apart, gave half. To, I was like, oh, gross. Peanut butter Oreos. Yeah. My, my dad really likes double stuff Oreos. I, I can't do it. The only Oreos I can do, the peanut butter, the peanut butter ones are okay. Best ones. Um, I like the, the thin ones. I think the thin I ones. I don't like good. the cream, like the white cream. I would literally scrape it off and just eat the chocolate cookie. All right. Chapter 17, we shop for waterbeds. So they get into a cab and they ask the driver to take them to LA. And they ask if he takes casino debit cards. And so he like swipes their debit card and it shows up with like infinite money. That's such a dumb thing. Like that's not what was so dumb. It's so dumb. Um, but then he calls Annabeth your highness, which she seems to like. And as as he should, because she is the people's princess. Welcome back, Princess mm-hmm. Diana. <laughs> Percy tries to tell them about the dream that he had, but he can't really remember the details. Like, he can't place the voice that he heard. And he can't remember the name that, like, the servant had called the voice in the pit, which is really unhelpful. But, you know, they can't... They can't give us too much yet. There's still, like, six chapters to go. Um, Annabeth seems to realize something, but she is also unhelpful because she's like, no, it has to be Hades. But Percy points out that she looks pale, so she clearly knows something. And Percy says that the voice said it was waiting for two items. So if one is the bolt, then what is the other? And Percy feels like they're missing a critical piece of information. But the problem is they don't have time to be wrong. The second thing is a true love's kiss. (laughs) A big old kiss on the lips for Hades. One of the more unhinged things that you've said. I would kiss the guy who plays Hades in Hades Town. Absolutely. 100%. Anyway, sorry. I'm thirsting over Hades <laughs> over here. What? That guy's hot. I will not. I will not take any criticism on that. I'm right. Not at all. But I was <laughs> okay, so the bolt and a smooch for Hades. So they like make it to Santa Monica. Percy goes into the water. He gets to like pet a shark like a dog, which is cool as hell. And he grabs onto the shark and the shark takes him deeper into the water. And he sees the same woman who spoke to him in the Mississippi. She said she she's a nerd. And Percy asks why his father didn't come himself. And she tells him that Poseidon is forbidden from helping directly and gives him these three pearls. She asks if he has the skill of Orpheus or Hercules or Houdini, who are all mortals. Who Orpheus! Orpheus, wherever he is now. Um, and so these are all mortals who apparently went to the underworld and survived. Um, she also tells him that the Oracle foretold a great and terrible future for him if he survives to manhood. She tells him good luck, and Percy tries to ask about the warning she gave in the river about not trusting the gifts, but she disappears. Anything else from this conversation that I missed? Because I really just tried to summarize, summarize it as short as possible. Nope. I think that was it. That's all that stood out to me. Great. Um, so they kind of travel around LA looking for DOA recording studios. And another example of me being stupid, I didn't connect DOA records with like the acronym for Dead on Arrival. Um, until I was in my 20s and they say it in one of the songs in the musical. That's so good. 
Right. It's such a good joke. It's such a good joke. And I'm glad you also didn't connect. Yeah. Those no, dots. that's good. I like that. Yeah, because I'm like, that's an underappreciated joke that I just did not recognize until all of a sudden I heard it in the musical and I was like, oh, that's so good. That's so good. They see Gabe on the TV again with his quote unquote grief counselor. Uh, excuse you. Smelly Gabe. Smelly Gabe. I'm sorry. <laughs> gotta, use his, gotta use the full government name. Smelly Gabe. Oh, full legal name. <laughs> Smelly Gabriel. Um, yeah. With his grief counselor crying about how Percy took everything from him. His wife, his car, and Percy. What a little bitch. Oh, You got owned by a 12-year-old boy. Gabe. Oh, Gabe sucks. Percy really wants to punch a hole in the store window. They get surrounded by this, like, gang of kids. And so they run from them into this place called Krusty's Waterbed Palace. They meet Krusty, who Percy describes as looking like a raptor in a leisure suit. He's also seven feet tall. And so he starts showing them waterbeds. Grover lays down on one to test the million hand massage, and Krusty ends up pushing Annabeth onto another one. Then he, like, snaps his fingers, says ergo, and she's tied up. And Grover tries to get up, but ropes tie him down, too. Krusty says he has to make, he, like, he has to make them fit. And he tells Percy that he's for Krusty's, and Percy remembers the myth. You know, there's there's not much, really, to this myth, but, uh... Procrustes was a dude who invited travelers in and was like, ah, come lay on my bed. And then he stretched or amputated them to get them to, like, fit his bed. Um, and, like, the Procrustean bed is kind of a phrase that people have used to, like, um, reference forcing something to fit in, like, an unnatural way, which I didn't know. That was news to me. And he's also killed by Theseus in the myth the same way Percy does in this book. And also Procrustes' dad is Poseidon, so good family reunion here. I, yeah, I just enjoy this scene for a lot of reasons. Like, I love when Percy can talk his way out of something. Like, when he kind of plays along with Krusty and, like, starts talking to him about the waterbeds eventually being like oh it would even work for like a tall guy like you like why don't you show me and then he like snaps his fingers and um ties him up and gets him on the bed and then cuts off his head very manipulative and very cunning and um i just enjoy the times that we get to see percy be a mm -hmm. uh, like the strategist very shrewd yeah i like getting to see percy be um the strategist because it feels like mm -hmm. a lot of times it's like, oh, Annabeth is the smart one, but like Percy is like Percy's very smart too. Um and yeah, yeah. I just I think it's fun when a character gets to outsmart their opponent. Like it's not just about him being Yeah, it's not about him being strong because he's twelve years old. Like he's not gonna take on this like seven foot tall guy. Um but I don't know. I really love this scene. Um very but, satisfying. But also argument for crusty being queer coded begins and ends with this outfit that he is on like paisley shirt unbuttoned a little too far velvet suit bunch of chains around his neck like i currently have on three different necklaces like it's it's a gay fit it's a gay fit um yeah so percy frees annabeth and grover and he also tells annabeth she looks taller which again with the them like Kind of ribbing each other. The I love banter. it. I love it. The, the band. 
the banter, the banter. Um, and they find the address for DOA Recording Studios and on a flyer that's offering commissions for Heroes Souls. And Percy tells them to come on. And Grover says, give us a second. We almost got stretched to death. And Percy says, well, then you're ready for the underworld. And that's where we end. So thoughts on waterbeds, on going to the underworld. I hate waterbeds, honestly. They freak me out. I've never laid on one. I don't think I want to. Mm-mm. Also, I love... It's, Percy, like, decapitates Cressy, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, it felt very nonchalant. Like, <laughs> sure does. <laughs> He's just like, 12-year-old boy, just, yeah, I'm just gonna commit the most gruesome act of violence I have ever done in my life. Well, but this is his second decapitation because he also did it to Medusa. Yeah, but, like, he wasn't staring at her. Yeah, that's true. Like, this was intimate. That's true. Like, the guy's tied down in the bed, like... Well, okay, in, in the book it does say, in in the final thing, like, Cressy is tied to the bed, and he starts, like, making offers to Percy. He's like, I'll give you 30% off, no money down, no interest. And Percy goes, I think I'll start with the top. And then he said, I swung the sword, and Cressy stopped making offers. So it's, like, implied that he decapitates him. Yeah. But, Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely gruesome. Definitely gruesome. Yeah, he's gonna need a good therapist after this one. They they all already need a good therapist. So true. So true. Yeah, so the the one thing besides the next chapter predictions that I wanted you to do is I wanted to revisit the prophecy. Just read them to me again. I don't even remember. You have to furnish me with them. So the first one, you shall go west and face the god who has turned. Okay, well, they're all the way on the west coast. The god who has turned is Ares? I don't know. That's- um, You shall find what was stolen and see it safely returned. Okay, they find the bolt and they return it. You shall be betrayed by the one who calls you friend. Luke! And you shall fail to save what matters most in the end. I have an additional prediction for this. Okay. So it's, again, his mom. Like, he's not going to be able to save his mom. But I was thinking that Percy's going to be forced to make a choice to either save his mom or, like, Grover or Annabeth is going to get themselves into, like, some trouble down there. And so he has to pick who he's going to save. And he picks either. I don't know if it, I feel like it might be Annabeth, but I, I don't know. Or Grover. I, actually, I don't know. I don't know if it's either Grover or Annabeth, but I think... I think that they're going to get into some hairiness down there and he's going to be forced to choose to save one over the other. Interesting. Um, Listen, you know what my first prediction for this, this, this reading was? No happy endings for Percy. His mom dies. Also, Grover dies. Just... <laughs> it's a kid's book. <laughs> it's a kid's book. I'm trying to make it better. Okay, give me some drama. Give me... It's it's interesting that every line of this prophecy starts with, like, you shall, you shall go west, you shall find, you shall be betrayed, you shall fail. Like, I don't, I don't know. It just mm-hmm. feels, it's, it's interesting that it all starts the exact same way. Like, none of the other prophecies I can think of in this series, like, all start the exact same way like this. And maybe it's just because it's the first one and he didn't know how to write a prophecy, but, like, I was just kind of like, huh, this is interesting. Um... It's it's nothing but just a thing that I noticed. Um, great. So, <laughs> upcoming chapter predictions. So we'll do eighteen, nineteen, and twenty. Oh, you're making me read three again. 
Yes, because I want to do 21 and 22 as, like, the final one. I know, I know, it's a weird number. Well, you've already made your 18 prediction several times, but 18, Annabeth, Annabeth does obedience school. Yeah, she's a dog. Annabeth is a dog. Wait, what what exactly did it write? Yeah, Annabeth turns into a dog. That's literally what i wrote on here annabeth turns into a dog last time it was specifically a beagle um any new breed prediction she gives off beagle vibes will not be elaborating any further yeah i my my mom sent me an instagram reel the other day and it was about um like a beagle it was like trying to cook with beagles and they were like jumping up on the table and i feel like annabeth does give like feral energy sometimes so yeah um, I can see it. Uh, chapter 19 is we find out the truth, comma, sort of. I feel like it's too early for them to find out who, be- who like, did it. Like, I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna guess this is, like, a relative truth type thing. I don't know. This, this is a very, that, this is, in my defense, this is a much more vague title, I feel like, than the other ones. It is. It is very vague. And then I battle my jerk relative. He's got to be fighting another kid of Poseidon. I don't. I don't know all the kids of Poseidon though. Does he have many, or is it just, is it just Percy? Like, like another demigod child, or like another? Because like Procrustes is a child. Yeah, Poseidon. one of those. Okay, another crusty. I see, but like worse. Yeah, crispy. Do you think crispy? <laughs> Although arguably crispy, I feel like is a better word than crusty. Annabeth is a beagle. There's a relative truth, and um, we battle Crispy. Yeah, we battle Crispy. That's what I got. Fantastic. All right, well, I will see you next week for Annabeth's Beagle Arc when we read chapters 18 through 20. Sounds good. Sounds good. I look forward to the Beagle Talk. thanks for listening if you want more of our unhinged selves you can find us on instagram the social media formerly known as twitter and now tiktok at at demigod debut pod um you'll find me there posting memes and other fun little things while julie avoids social media because spoilers you can also email us at demigod at gmail.com catch you later bye